All right, it's Sex News with Ray time. I'm your host, Ray. Today, we're joined by Carly Bassian. She's a sex ed consultant with teachers in the Ontario school system, but I'm also going to pour myself a glass of wine because today in Sex News, we're going to be having a really fun time. Carly, how are you doing tonight? Not as good as you. I'm just here with some jasmine green tea, but I also am not a big drinker. So you enjoy. That looks wonderful. Thursday night's like my Saturday night. I usually go to kickboxing and then we all hang out after uh, and drink. And because I don't work Fridays, it's typically one of my days. So Thursday night is drink night. But you're spending it with me and Dave. Dave is in the background. He's our podcast guy. Can't hear him, but he's there. That's right. Okay, so today in sex news, there's a reason I poured myself a glass of wine for this one. 11 sex slang words you never thought you'd need to know. From yourtango.com, May 17th, 2020. I believe this is our most recent article we've covered so far. Carly, I'm going to read you these words and I'm going to read you the definitions. And we're just going to start there. Bring it. I'm, I'm excited and nervous. Okay, ready? But don't look at the... Okay, I know you have access to my notes, but don't look at them, okay? Okay. What do you think postponed means? Postponed. P-O-S-T-B-O-N-E-D. You're asking me to guess? Mm-hmm. I'm going to embarrass myself postponed um i don't know but it has something to do with after sex you are running late because of an unexpected sexual encounter i have done that i have been postponed in my life it's always a great time you basically walk into the room slam open the door sorry i'm late everybody i was postponed that's how you would use it in a sentence thank you okay next one next side chick well side chick you're like the other the other girl the other person yeah I had someone ask me if I wanted to be their side chick earlier this summer. I said no. Wow. True story and how to use it in a sentence. All right, ready? You, it's like you you have experience with spelling bees, obviously. We should do like a sex ed version. There is actually an event in the city or was pre-COVID called, it was like a sexy spelling bee where if you got a question wrong, you'd have to take off an article of clothing and you were out when you were naked. I would be naked by like the second round. There's I, I have this thing where I can't actually, I'm a fantastic speller when I can handwrite or type, but when I when it comes to saying things out loud, I just, I can't spell out loud. It's a very bizarre thing. I'm decent at that one. Probably from so many years of trying to spell my last name out loud for so many people. There's Zs and Qs and weird characters in her last name. Sometimes I do it with the NATO phonetic alphabet and it's so fast, people miss it and I have to start all over and dumb it down. Okay, snatch chat. Snatch chat. Something about taking a picture of your vagina and sending it on Snapchat. Yes, a naked photo a woman sends to her object of desire on Snapchat. Good work, Carly. Thank you. One point for you. One point. Okay. Doppelbanger. Someone that you've had sex with, they look like someone you've had sex with. Something like that. When you have sex with someone because they look like someone else you want to have sex with but have zero chance with. Okay. What if I have more than zero chance then? Are they not a doppelbanger? I'm not going to lie. I have one or two people that I would love to doppelbang. That'd be great. That'd be wonderful. I can think of many attractive people. Like Hugh Jackman. Love to fuck his doppelbanger. Like I doppelbang the shit out of a Hugh yeah. Jackman jo- doppel. I'm blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I, I totally get that. The wine's already getting to me. Yes. Okay, ready. Cheap date. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, two sips in. No, it's fine. Doppelbanger is just a bit of a tongue twister. Um, Speaking of other things that could be dirty words that aren't. Okay. Badoom. Okay, this one Fun fact about this next word coming up. You sent me a very similar text message to the one my mother sent me when she learned this word. Okay. Truffle butter. 
Okay, so I have a story about this. So I actually know what it is now because I, spoiler alert, I did read this list, but I actually only remember this definition. So it's when you, I think when you have, you know, sex with a woman, man has sex with a woman and then starts having sex with her and her anus, right? Is that it? It's like the mixture of the fluids? The fluid combo from having anal sex and intercourse. And it's a reference to the color and texture. I would rather call this the fastest route to a urinary tract infection, but that's just me. Yes. All the infections. Yeah. So fun story, not really fun story, but I, my mom told me I should watch this show called Younger on Amazon. That's how my mom found out about truffle butter. Yeah. No offense. Maybe because I'm 29 and I'm not. Anyway, I just did not resonate with the plot at all. I did not enjoy the show. I watched two seasons and then turned to my husband and said, I just can't. Anyway, (laughs) like no one cares about the story. But anyway, there's an episode where this this mom keeps referring to truffle butter and she has a truffle butter shirt. And she keeps saying how much she loves truffle butter because like like truffles, like you eat truffles, butter, like not the sexy version. And I'm just like, wow, I am that 42 year old woman who has no idea what truffle butter is. But thank goodness for Ray, who has like taught me all my ways. And now I know what truffle butter means. I found out about truffle butter from my mom. So I was watching the show called Younger. See, see, our moms, I'm sure our moms are probably talking about how much they love the show. Though the the main character is pretty attractive. He's pretty sexy. Not going to lie. I feel like, uh, I genuinely feel like, um... Oh, I lost the thought. Okay, it's gone. Gone. I'll come back. I'm sure we can edit this out. Or not. We can decide later. Okay, we'll move on to the next word. Sasscrotch. S-A-S-S-C-R-O-T-C-H. Hairy vagina. I don't know. Hairy vulva. When you gotta trim those pubes. Okay. Sasscrotch. That's a half point, right? Okay. I think that's a that warrants a half point. I think it's interesting that you automatically assumed it was only about a vulva. I know so many men who need to manscape more. Women, I feel like generally... I guess crotch can be both. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we get things taken care of. Men men got a... I, uh, one of the things I do through my OnlyFans is I do dick rating videos. And I also, as you know, have my dick art that I do because I just... And it's beautiful. Thank beautiful you. Beautiful art. Sharewithray.com slash send nudes. Okay, anyways, I have seen more men who don't seem to understand that like a little bit of trim goes a long way. A long way. It doesn't need to be bald. I'm not asking for bald. I'm asking for trim. I'm not even looking for a fade. I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm not even looking for like a quality fade. You don't need to shave anything into it like people are doing their eyebrows. Like just make sure that you're presenting your best self. I'm not going to tell you who this is from, but I do know someone who tries to make sure that they blend the pubic area into their stomach hair into their like they try to blend it up so that That's it's not like a sudden so impressive I would not have the patience I don't even fade my husband's because like COVID I've been shaving his head yeah let alone the head of his let alone the head of his penis shout out to Egan so <laughs> okay I'm done shouting out done shouting out Egan now we will move on from this poor Egan forever scarred okay power balling I have no fucking idea Okay, so I have so many questions about this one. When a guy gyrates his testicles while having sex, what does that mean? I don't know, but I don't want to know. What is I don't mean? think that's something what that is, I would, I don't think I'd enjoy that. Sorry, but like picture in your mind, gyrate? when you picture gyrating your testicles, that's what like are you a picturing? very aggressive, vigorous shaking that maybe it does it for you. Is it I don't know. Does, do they mean like when you're fucking so hard that they're like slapping against you? Like, I, I imagine that is it. I, sorry, for those of you who cannot see me, I'm making a motion with my hands, a slapping motion. Like yes. I'm fanning myself, but with testicles. Okay. Carly, you're definitely going to get this one. Are you ready? Uh-oh, no pressure. Netflix and chill. Netflix and chill is like, yeah, we're 
going to like watch a movie and hang out, but really you're just there to fuck. Yeah. So the definition from this article is they say Netflix, but they just mean sex five minutes into watching a movie. Um, I once had a guy take me on a date to the movies thinking we would make out the whole time. He brought the wrong girl. What a waste of money. That's what I said. I'm like, if I'm here, I'm going to see the. I also like if I start a movie, I have to get to the ending. I need to know how it ends. Even if I hate it, I can't turn off a movie. Yeah. It's like, please leave me alone. I don't want that. Yeah. If you wanted to fuck next time, just say you want to fuck and don't take me to the movies. I'm not going to give you a hand job for your popcorn like like a pornography. I'm a person not a performer. That just sounds uncomfortable. I wouldn't want popcorn near my genitals. Neither would I. Although I feel like the butter would make an interesting lube. Do you remember the days when you'd go to the movies because that was a thing that you do with your boyfriend or girlfriend in high school and like you would hold hands the whole time because that's what you thought you were supposed to do but your arm fell asleep within a half an hour (laughs) and then all you can think about is how much pain you're in holding hands but you don't want to let go because then that would mean that you're rejecting anyway. That just yeah. flashbacks to me being 16. No, I, I also had, I believe we double dated when we were in high school, potentially. Most likely. Doing something similar. Something like that. My problem is I get a really cold, my fingers and nose get really cold. So sometimes what I'll do is I will hold my nose in the movie because I'm trying to warm it up. People are like, is she crying? Is she upset? Are you really that into the movie? Are you okay? I'm like, my nose is very cold and I'm trying to enjoy myself. Thank you. There you go. Okay. Intercourse. E-I-N-T-E-R-C-O-A-R-S-E. Course like a course weave, not course like a course load. I have I have no idea. Very rough sex. Intercourse. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. Whatever. Next. This one's great. I am, I love this next one. Are you ready? Yep. Master weight. Master weight. I don't know, like masturbating with extra weight so it feels extra good. I don't know. Uh, weight, W-A-I-T, like to weight. For... Oh, master weight. Um, like masturbating while you're waiting for something to happen. Waiting for porn to buffer in the middle of masturbation. Okay. Oh, that's annoying. I read my porn, so there's no buffering. There's mm. only clicking next chapter because Harry and Draco are really getting hot and heavy. I don't gotta wait for no buffering. So I'm assuming this is an ebook clicking. I just assumed you were maybe with one hand doing your thing and then reading in the other. Oh no. So what I'll do is I'll I'll read it and then I will store up the imagery and then I will percolate in the imagery and then go off and do it later. Got it. Yeah. I don't have to I'm not like one of those dudes with like one hand on their dick and one hand on the mouse. Like I feel bad for men that they have no imagination apparently. I genuinely tangent. I genuinely think that the reason that men do not have imaginations is because they get to watch porn. Like, I know people are like, men like to watch their porn and women like to read it. But I honestly think that the more you watch porn, the less of your own imagination you use. Because people who are creative literary people, they can masturbate without porn. But I wonder if that also has to do with processing information. I don't know if there's any sort of research to show that different male versus female brains. I don't know if they process information differently where men are maybe more visual learners and women are more, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Let's, uh, we'll find a scientist and that one. Okay. Last one on the list. And then I will explain to you why I brought this up on a call with a sex ed consultant. Okay. Hotline bling. Something with Drake, a song. Booty it's call. a booty call. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That list was hilarious. I I think I failed that test. The teacher failed. I want to know who is actually using these words. Me too. Netflix and chill, I feel, is like very 2019. I'm surprised it's on the 2020 list. Yeah, I feel like Netflix and chill is very millennial. Yeah. Truffle butter, don't know. Like, is this Gen... What's the one after us? Gen Z? I don't know. Something. Dave's nodding. It's one of those. The the youths, as I refer to them. (laughs) 
the youngins. Yeah, I guess like my question is, um, listeners, please write in email sexnewswithray at gmail.com or submit just through my listener question on the website. Tell me, do you use these words and how old are you? That is all. Or if they were at least familiar. Like, I feel like... Or if you heard anyone that has... I, I have enough, you know, young cousins in my life. I, I haven't heard them use any of these. Well, we knew better than to use Urban Dictionary words around our parents and around old people. Oh, I did around mine. I learned a lot of them from my mom. Okay, there was the Dirty Sanchez, the Donkey Punch. They were all like the Superman. Like, there were all sex terms that no one was actually doing. The stuff from uh, Cards Against Humanity. What is it? Like, Bukaki, One of those. Uh, Bukaki is not just an Urban Dictionary word. I've seen it happen live many times oh wow but okay exciting okay so maybe also listeners if you've seen a dirty sanchez if you've seen a donkey punch if you've seen any of those (laughs) words either please write in and tell me your age and tell me your story and i will read it on the podcast because i've seen bukkake outside of porn i have never seen anyone donkey punch their girlfriend that just seems chauvinistic misogyny as a joke that's the one where, like, you punch a girl in the back of the head while you're coming in her butt so that she clenches her butthole tighter. Oh, like, oh, I didn't even know that. I see. I don't know these words. That's just upsetting to me. But that one I always just assumed was, like, a joke told by, like, teenage dudes who thought it was funny because abusing women is... Okay, you know what? That Let's segue. What kind of words do we typically use when describing sex? And how does that impact what we think sex is, Carly? You know, the language of sex historically has been very violent and also centered around food. Those are kind of the two when you, you know, thinking about this question, when you think about sex, it's it's rape language. It's fucking calling someone a slut, a cunt, whore, bitch. It's very, it, the the language is very... Right, you're pounding, you're ramming. Yeah, it's, it's angry, it's angry. And it's, look, I know people sort of... Uh, reclaim the language and it can be used in a way that feels sexy to them. Um, but when you really look at the history of the word and the root of it, it's very angry. It's it's very violent. And the other sort of category is food. And I remember learning about this a few years ago and having this sort of aha moment. When you think about how often we describe women in particular, not to say that we don't describe men this way, but think about it. Honey, sweetie, muffin, babe, hottie. Like, I mean, they're obnoxious unless you're into it, into that. That's not, I don't like being called those pet names, but it's very, it's, it's something you can consume. Right. Well, women of color are described coffee-like skin, you know, you know, dark chocolate. Right. Yeah. Right. Or vanilla yeah. or caramel right it's it's something to be consumed um which is interesting and something to think about and there's you know not that it's right or wrong I know you know I enjoy being called honey if it's coming from a genuine loving place but you know when a creepy person walking down the street says hey honey no thank you hard pass I'm not interested I'm not gonna lie when someone says you're a babe or you're a total babe, like that reminds me of Baywatch. I imagine myself in a red bikini running across the beach. Like that's fine, right? Yeah. I am the 80s icon of what you consider attractive. But if someone says baby, I can't. I can't do it. Don't call me baby. I'm not your baby. I'm not a child. It's interesting. Right? I'm the same. I much prefer babe over baby. But I know other people who would hate being called babe. You know, baby's cute. But like, ba- like same thing. Like words are also very personal. Mm-hmm. I guess also just the idea that this is once again, women are pursued or passive and men are the ones. They're either pursued or passive or they're the object of desire or, you know, the, the Madonna whore complex, like cunt or whore or bitch. Yeah. Because there's not as many for men. Yeah. What do we call men? Stud. What do we, how do we describe fucking men? 
other than power bottom if they're gay. I feel like gay culture has a lot of the same kinds of ideas because that's still patriarchy and male gaze. I feel like when you come up with a pet name for your man, if you're a straight woman, it's usually something that's an inside joke as opposed to a common term other than babe or baby or fuckhead. Yeah. Sometimes I'll call my husband honey, Mm -hmm. but that's really it. Honey, I'm home. Yeah. That's it. Trying to think. He's not into the pet names. Do you use any for your husband? No, but we uh, watched a lot of Avatar The Last Airbender. So recently we've taken to picking up the phone and going, Flamio, hot man. So (laughs) for anyone who's seen that show. Um, But no, I'm trying to think like there's been, I've tried, but nothing ever really sticks. Oh, I remember his. Okay. So here's a fun story. I used to work for a Jewish youth group for the past three years before I switched and started working full time at Oasis running sex events. And there was one event where he was helping me set up for something. And he and I have two pet names for each other that we both use ironically. The number one name that we call each other is Slut. I call him Slut. He calls it never in the bedroom. We don't call each other Sluts in the bedroom because that's derogatory. But I'll come home and be like, hey, Slut, how are you? Like, I'll pick up the phone like, hey, Slut, how's your day? And he'll do the same for me. And that's our pet name for each other is Slut. And we think it's really funny. And I think it also came from an episode of Rick and, Rick and Morty with the Dragon Slut episode. I think that's how it started. The other thing we ironically call each other is Lover. And so like, hey, lover, hey, lover, how you doing, lover? And if anyone like knew my husband, they would know exactly why this is funny, because he is a bald, bearded, stoic man. Yeah, not he's not a lover type. Yeah. And so I was at the youth group and he was volunteering. I went to call him. And the thing is, my mind was like, I was tired. I believe it was it was around our anniversary. I go to call him and I know that I cannot call him slut in front of the teenagers. But my tired brain just went hey, lover, can you pass me the thing? And that was equally as weird for everyone to listen to. All the teenagers around kind of paused because he and I, like just the idea that we love each other and call each other lover, lover still implies sex over love. And it was still an awkward moment. And I was like, fuck, I should have just said slut. (laughs) Would have been less weird for everyone. Okay, so those are our pet names, slut and lover. Yeah, and so just kind of going back to the language of sex, it really does perpetuate this notion that women are these passive objects that have to be pursued, which is very problematic. Oh, more wine. Oh, yeah. I have the mini bottles they sell to women so that they don't become full alcoholics. So I'm just going to drink my mini bottle. (gasps) Campo Fiorni, please sponsor our podcast. Okay, sorry, Carly, what were you saying? No, just how, you know, going back to the language of sex, it really does perpetuate this notion that men are the pursuers and women are the passive objects to be pursued. And it's problematic. This language is very genderized. It's very heteronormative. It's consumption-based. It's anger-filled. And it's just something to think about when we're describing sex and anything related to do with it because it can often uh, perpetuate these, these awful stereotypes that aren't great Yeah, so I'm going to tell you a hopefully short story because we know that sometimes I struggle to be succinct and edit down, but I'll do my best and that will segue into my next question. I worked for a youth group, as I just mentioned, and I first heard the term choke me daddy, obviously on the internet, but I heard it being used commonly with the teenage girls I worked with. They were in the ninth grade, the 10th grade, the 11th grade. And they're just casually saying like, oh yeah, choke me daddy, choke me daddy. So as someone who is involved in the kink sphere, which I am, I'm a latex fetish wear designer in addition to everything else I do. I understand that what's called breath play, things where you constrict someone's breathing, that is not entry level kink. 
That is quite no. dangerous. People can get really hurt. People die from that. Autoerotic asphyxiation is... Yeah. I know someone who died in high school from that. They ha- His parents said, said suicide because they were so ashamed of the way he actually died. But that is not beginner level kink. Just like I remember being in high school and everyone thought that the way that you tie someone up is you buy those cheap handcuffs from the dollar store or like the sex store. And that's that's how you start. But the truth is, that's actually the least safe way to tie someone up. You're safer using a, a like a bag, a non-fitted bag sheet to tie up your partner because you have scissors nearby than you are using a metal handcuff that can bruise. So same thing. So there's all these scenes casually saying, choke me, daddy. And at one point I said, do you even know what that means? And they did. But I was so concerned that they were going to start accepting inappropriate things from people that they didn't need to accept because it was considered standard or normal. How do we have conversations with young people about the words they use without seeming old or outdated? In my opinion, it's a matter of calling them out in a way that is respectful, but holds them accountable. I want to share a story that I think ties in very nicely with this. So when I was in junior high, that was back in the day when using the very derogatory slur, that's so gay, was a very common thing. We had gay friends and we used it. Yeah. So it was often used to describe something that we didn't like or wasn't cool. So you'd say, oh, that show, so gay, which is awful, absolutely awful. But at the time, that's, that is the, the slur that we used. And so I think I was in grade seven or grade eight. And I referred to something as being that so gay. I remember very distinctly my librarian, who in retrospect was obviously a gay man, um, and said, Carly, what do you mean by that? That's so gay. What 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 do you, do you mean that you don't like that thing that you think it's uncool? Like, tell me what you actually mean by that. So rather than just saying, like, don't say that that's an awful thing, which it is. He really made me think about, like, what am I actually trying to say? Yeah. So, you know, I'm using this derogatory slur that is hurtful. So let's actually use appropriate language. And I don't like something or I don't think something's cool. What is different language that I can use? And since that day, I have never used the term that's so gay to describe anything derogatory. And it really stuck with me. And that story I share when I do my workshops with teachers is hauling your students out when they're using language that's inappropriate. Like when girls call each other sluts, when, you know, they find out that their friend had sex for the first time. No, it's like your friend made a decision to have sex with someone. And that was her choice. And that is her business does not make her a slut. Um, So just calling them out and asking them to and to reflect on it, because especially with teenagers, right? We know this. When you tell a teenager what to do, they're just going to look at you and say, fuck you. They're not going to listen. They're not going to do anything differently. So put it on them to think about it. Let them reflect on it. Yeah. One of the reasons that I actually decided to quit my job and do things like this is because we're working with teenagers for three years. I wasn't allowed to talk to them about sex or sexuality or the fact that they were saying things like choke me, daddy. There's one or two teens that I became closer with. And so when I had a private moment, I was I did have that conversation. I said, listen, I'm worried that this casual usage of this word makes you guys think that it's regular it's just regular sex stuff and it's not that's not entry level anything that shouldn't be something that you just accept it just flabbergasted me that adults are not allowed to have conversations with younger people about sex because that could be considered grooming and for some adults that is grooming but the idea that i couldn't have a conversation about safety 
And I was the right person in that space to have that conversation about safety because I used to run a latex fetish wear company because I was involved because I knew that teenagers should not be choking each other. They might experiment a little with kink. Fine. But unless you've done your research or have someone you can go to to ask questions, people in jujitsu make a lot of choking jokes. Even people in jujitsu, they're not choking sex. They're choking you out. It's a whole other thing. Okay. Jujitsu people, stop making choke me daddy jokes. I'm done with you. You know who I'm talking to. So aside from that, it was hard to have these opportunities to have these conversations because I could have gotten fired. Parents want to have a lot of control over what their kids are learning, not realizing that they're learning choke me daddy from the internet. I mean, this goes back to the, I think a theme from the past four episodes is your kids are going to learn it from somewhere. So yeah. And I, I really, I empathize with teachers. You just hit on a really important topic is that a lot of teachers feel really uncomfortable having conversations because it's one thing to have a conversation about naming body parts. It's another to have a conversation with a whole group of students about what choke me daddy means. You know, there are boundaries, whether for better or worse, there are boundaries for what teachers should and shouldn't talk about in the classroom. Because yes, there are unfortunately some very sick people out there who take advantage of that power dynamic and use it to their advantage and put kids in harm's way. You have to use your professional judgment if you're a teacher listening to this about what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And for you parents out there, important for you to be prepared to have these conversations that maybe your teacher can't. And if you are a teacher and you're hearing students in your classroom using violent language or language that's very kink-ridden that maybe a 14-year-old should or shouldn't be having, that's not my place to make that judgment. You need to make that judgment call as a professional probably worth calling home to say like your kid is using very, very advanced level sexual terminology that, you know, I don't know where they're learning it from, but probably worth having a conversation about it. And again, not coming from a place of judgment, but putting it on them to ask, do you know what you're saying? Do you know what that language holds in terms of the meaning behind that? It's not just words. There's, there's more to it. And I want to add, that when I was 15 and we had to take the literacy test, I was genuinely offended because I was in gifted English. So clearly I was literate. A question on the literacy test said, what's a future dream of yours? And because I was offended that I was being asked to take it, I responded with, when I grow up, I want to be a dominatrix because they just beat up their clients. They don't have to have sex with them. You wrote that in the literacy test? I did. I have scored those literacy tests. Oh my gosh. Right. And that's the thing. Apparently the teachers, I found out from a friend later through the grapevine that they actually were trying to figure out if I should fail just for that answer for being inappropriate. But I mean, I spelled dominatrix correctly and I was grammatically correct. So fuck them. I passed anyway. But the point being, actually, I didn't want to be a dominatrix. And when I got older and I looked, I looked into it. I, I have friends who are dominatrixes now and I asked them questions and I asked, what is the job? And I asked, what do they do? And I realized I don't want to be a dominatrix. So I made the joke offhand. People still jokingly call me Dom Ray, which is so not true in many ways, but like, The idea being that as a 15-year-old, I knew the language, but I didn't quite fully understand what it was. And it was a joke. And people should be allowed to tell a joke. Kids will be kids, and you have to give them the space to do that. And they're going to say a ton of stupid stuff. As adults, we still say a ton of stupid stuff, but make it a learning moment. Yeah, people say things flippantly. The difference, though, is young people say things flippantly, and those are the messages they've been absorbing. They learn it from somewhere. Yeah, probably from, uh, oh man, there's some sitcoms that are very problematic to this day. 
like how I met your mother. Okay, but that's that's once again a different epic podcast entirely. This is not a cult pop culture analysis podcast. But what I will say is that I've never been afraid of someone going, oh, she's just an angry feminist. Fine, call me an angry feminist. When I was younger, there were people who gave me information that I probably wrote off as, they're old, what do they know? And the truth is they had great information that I did internalize and started me on my own journey of my own feminism and finding my own self-respect. And just because they write you off in the moment doesn't mean they're not listening and they're not absorbing. The more people they have encouraging positive messaging, the more it's going to deprogram the negative messaging they're absorbing when you don't give them active messages. Yes. When I was a nanny for kids with autism, the main thing is that social cues need to be learned. They're not absorbed naturally. But what I realized working with kids with autism is there's so many messages that neurotypical kids absorb that they're absorbing the wrong thing. They're not absorbing the thing that you think they're absorbing. And no one actively teaches neurotypical like kids the message that they want them to learn. They're just assuming that they're getting it. And so you end up learning things like women are passive and receive sex and men give sex and women don't like pleasure. You need to actively teach kids what you want them to know, whether they have autism, whether they don't. You need to make sure that you are there reinforcing that message, even if they don't want to listen to you in that moment. Absolutely. I'll get off my soapbox because it's time for a commercial break. We are looking for sponsors. If you are interested in sponsoring Sex News with Ray, please send us a DM on Instagram at Sex News with Ray or email us at sexnewswithray at gmail.com. All right, Carly, it's listener question time. Today's question comes from a 12-year-old boy. He asks, how do I make sure my parents know more about queer stuff? Do we happen to know if if this kid's parents know that they're queer? I don't think this boy is queer. I think he just wants to make sure that his parents are informed on new information. Oh, that's so great. I love that. Fantastic. Educating the parents. I'm all for that. I reached out to parents for questions and they also sent me the questions from their kids. So I thought that was pretty I cute. I love that. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear. So how do parents make sure that they know more about queer stuff? I... As a sex educator, I'm guilty of this. So I know that this is something that we're guilty of. We, especially, I think, if you identify as being straight or if you grew up in a household where your parents were in a heterosexual relationship, I think that we, by default, unfortunately, sort of default to this heteronormative idea of what families look like and what relationships look like, what sex looks like. As a parent, you want to just make sure that you're keeping in mind different perspectives and different experiences. Maybe when you're having a conversation at the dinner table with your family and, uh, you know, they're talking about a wedding and bringing in the conversation about, oh, what about, you know, same-sex marriages and same-sex yada yada, just bringing in the different perspectives. Same with safer sex practices, right? So when you're having conversations about safer sex, I think we often default to when a, a man and a woman come together and have sex. As a kid, maybe you can challenge your parent to say, oh, I'm curious to know, like, what happens if two women want to have sex or if two men want to have sex? What does safer sex practice look like for those relationships and those couples? You can kind of challenge your parents to think beyond the default of the heteronormative family. And as a parent, you can also have conversations with your kids about different safer sex practices. And I think that it's very dangerous to assume that your kid will only engage in heterosexual sexual activity. Even if your child identifies as straight, that doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to experiment with someone of the same 
sucks. It happens very often. And just normalize it. So just give them the information that they need to be safe, regardless of what gender they end up engaging with sexually. Right. And if you're a kid who wants to give your parents more resources, you can start with Planned Parenthood. That's a great website that has a lot of great resources. And you can use that as a way to base your conversations. And also there's television shows we've mentioned in a previous episode, Sex Education on Netflix. That's a very family-friendly television show to watch, especially teenagers and their parents. Mm. You don't think so? Mm. I would say that for our families, that might be something. I would watch that show with my mom, but not my dad. Really? Yeah, I would say that it depends on the family. Depends on the family. Fair enough. Sex Education does depict a lot of sex. And you see see body parts. Like you see breasts, you get implied genitalia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I think that for a lot of people, seeing women's breasts on camera automatically makes it not a family-friendly show. That is totally reasonable. And I think that one of the things too is in that show sex, I know this is like a total tangent, but in sex education, you are only seeing women's breasts when they're having sex. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing them casually any other time. And I think that that once again reinforces the idea that you only see breasts in a sexual context, mm-hmm. but that is, the show does so many things right that I'm not going to harp on yeah. that. Yeah, so maybe if you don't have the family dynamic or watching a television show where there's nudity, maybe that's not for you. So maybe you send your parent a clip instead that's a little bit more tame and you can have a conversation about that. Or perhaps there's a particular episode that you wanted to share with them and and have a conversation because there are characters on sex education, for example, who are queer. Um, So you can have conversations about that with them in those particular moments. Ongoing conversations aren't just for parents to have with their kids. They're also for kids to have with their parents, right? When we say a conversation, it's not a parent lecturing their kid on an ongoing basis. It is a dialogue and the kid can answer back. Should be a dialogue, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm i very lucky with my work and I get to learn a lot about the world of sex. And I, I'm also lucky that I have a family that's very open to it and they enjoy being educated by that. And I know that not every person will have that experience. But if you do have a family that's eager to learn more, then use that as a platform to start engaging in conversations. And if you do have a family that's perhaps not as comfortable having conversations about queer identity and queer relationships, maybe start having those conversations with friends or family members who are responsive so you can at least have that practice. And then you can start bringing it up when you have a little bit more confidence in having those conversations with your parents. Carly, you're just so great. Where can people find you? They can find me at my website, which is mysexed.ca. And you can also find all my social media handles there as well. Wonderful. You can follow the podcast at Sex News with Ray on Facebook and Instagram and submit a listener question through sharewithray.com slash podcast or email sexnewswithray at gmail.com. You can send voice memos to the email, by the way. We love voice memos. Follow me at Wife Bay Ray on Instagram and TikTok and Razor Latex on Instagram, OnlyFans, and Patreon. This podcast is engineered and produced by Dave Meisner and is hosted at sexnewswithray.podbean.com. The theme music is by Blank and Brilliant, and a special thank you to Blue Microphones.